0: This is a drink with a friend. I'm Tish Oxenrider.
1: And I'm Seth Haynes.
0: Seth, what are you drinking?
1: Well, Tish, I am drinking water today. And but it's not just that I'm drinking water, it's what I'm drinking water out <laughs> of the container.
0: You got yourself a I'm- treat. I did. I
1: got myself a treat. So what happened is I was in Colorado, as you know, for 20 of the last like 28 days Mm -hmm. working in a basement. And I kept going through uh, the first week I kept going through bottles of water and I um, was really frustrated by the fact that I kept using all this plastic that was in our refrigerator. And so I decided to find a water bottle. I couldn't find one anywhere. And so I jumped on Instacart and I typed in water bottle. And the first thing that came up was a hydro flask. And I was like, oh, I see all yep. the cool kids carrying these. I'm going to grab one and just see what I think about it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think it's changed my water drinking experience.
0: I'm sure it has. I, not that, not I carry lot. mine everywhere. So good for you. Welcome so, to the, 2021.
1: Yeah, for real. So the the um n- you know Nalgene and its competitors and that that line of like BPA free plastic water bottles, those are great. I love them. They're great. I use them at home. They're fine. Yada yada, whatever. Um, but I got to be honest, I can kinda, it makes my water taste.
0: Yeah, no, it does. It has a weird aftertaste.
1: And this does not the nope. uh the hydro flask tastes like cold water if you put it in there cold it stays cold if you put it in there hot it stays hot and they, they don't eat this again this is like not even an endorsement uh um, no, a, a paid endorsement it's just a <laughs> personal
0: endorsement mm-hmm. no, i love there, this it, thing it's a game changer i drink so much more water because i carry that thing around everywhere that's kind of crazy so cool. anyway
1: that's what i'm drinking today <laughs> what
0: are you drinking today Um, equally uninteresting. I'm drinking fizzy water from HEB, black cherry this time. I wanted to get something interesting and I'm just tired. Yeah. Sparky water. I'm Uh, very tired.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah. That's So why are you not drinking caffeine?
0: I have already. And I realize it's after 1 PM, I'm still tired. And that's a sign that I just need to go to bed early tonight. So okay. instead of pumping my body full of caffeine, it's it's not going to go well because all that'll do is race my heart. Yet make me still feel tired.
1: I got you. So so get the sleep, increase your telomeres, make your life <laughs> generally better, and That's then it. tomorrow you'll be
0: fine. That's right. That's the idea. So That's what they say. That is what they say. So um, as. The listeners are hearing our voices. It is officially the day after Thanksgiving. It is Black Friday in the U.S. of A., which you know people do what they need to do. Do you? I know this isn't the topic of our chat, but do you do Black Friday shopping or do you avoid it like the plague? Like I, plague I
1: believe that there are a few things uh, in the world, yeah, um, that come directly from the devil himself. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you believe in, uh, the literal devil, meta- metaphysical, metaphorical devil, whatever. Um, I think there are a few things that come straight from Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is, is, you know, having to attend any basketball game where kids who are not your own under the age of 10 are playing. Ah. So that that's one of them. It's just awful. <laughs> um, the other is Black Friday shopping. That's yeah. that's the second. Um, I, I literally hate it. There's nothing that I could hate worse than Black Friday shopping. Mm-hmm. But some mm-hmm. people and people in my family that I really love really enjoy it.
0: Same. I have some extended family members that make it a thing. Like they go together and they wake up super early and yada yada. And I've just always been the I'm going to be that annoying person who says no and avoids it. And I am willing to pay more to not participate not because I'm a better person I'm I'm not a better person. I do think it's a practice more of us should embrace for the sake of telling the world um, and maybe our country what we think of Black Friday, but that's neither here nor there. I will say, I will say I have been known to participate only in so much as if there's literally something we need anyway, like not as a gift, not as... Like, you know, we literally need it for the family. Um, I have been known to wait for Black Friday to see if there's a sale and then I will buy it in any way I can to avoid the store, whether that's like curbside pickup or online. So a few years ago, Kyle and I bought a new mattress because we legit needed one because we had not bought one since we were, you know, a long time. So that kind of thing. Um, And I'm happy to partake of the the lowered price, but I'm not going to buy gifts on that day. Anyway,
1: but. But here's my question. Can't you uh, get these things for the most part these days on like Cyber Monday sales?
0: Um, Well, you can get them like several weeks before Black Friday and they're on sale. I think stores are catching on to how little people like to go to stores anymore. And so it almost feels like November is Black Friday from what I can tell. And so I have seen things on sale already for weeks now. So yes, is your answer. Um, I'm a big fan of that new trend, that small business Saturday. I think that's mm. super cool. How mm. like small mom and pop shops have sales on Saturday. So I think that's fantastic. And I will say, I did create a gift guide this year. So I'm gonna shamelessly link that in the show notes. But I purposely avoided any big box stores, especially those that rhyme with Amazon. Um, and there's not much on there. I'm a big fan of like just a small, simple holiday gifting, uh, tradition, but I'm a realist and know that shopping online sometimes just has to be done. And so if we're going to do that, I'm a fan of buying as small as we can still as local as we can. So that holiday gift list is with that in mind. But, um, all that said, if you want to go today, it being Black Friday to check that gift guide to see if things happen to be on sale, you're more than welcome to. Here's my and question. That's part of my work, but yeah.
1: I, I feel this is an important question. You, so this is something you do almost every year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you do this regularly. I do.
0: I've done it for years. And you've had
1: great gifts on on the gift guide, which I love. Mm-hmm. This year in particular, do you happen to have anything from uh, Dave and Karen's shop?
0: <laughs> um, they don't sell online from what I can tell. You have to literally walk into their shop that used to be a house in the neighborhood and buy coffee and mugs and stickers and beans from them mm. in person, which is well, maybe, lovely.
1: Maybe I'll send you some money and you can buy me something from Dave and Karen's shop <laughs> for me to uh, give to someone for Christmas.
0: Okay. You know what? Let's go ahead and just plug it since we're already talking about shopping, then we'll get into the thing. We have swag now or merch, whatever the kids are calling it these days. Swag. Um, My kids call it swag. My kids call it swag. I think if you're a real podcaster, you call it merch. I don't know. Um, I'm not a big fan of like having all the tchotchkes. So there's not a lot of tchotchkes. There's like stickers, coffee mugs, since we are about drinks and T-shirts. And I really like them. And I was hoping to have mine... Um, available by today. So I could pour my sparky water into my new drink with a friend mug, but it has not come yet. So let this be a lesson to people that, um, if you want drink with a friend merch or swag, you should order ASAP. So it gets there in time, but I really like them. I like the new logo. I like, um, yeah, there it's good stuff.
1: I was, I gotta be honest. I, I typically, I'm not, I am not a huge fan mm-hmm. of, uh, merch and swag. I don't Same. know why I'm not a huge fan of logos in general.
0: No, I get it um, too.
1: And when I saw the merch, I was I was excited. Yeah. Like I can not I really kind of can't wait, I'm not going to lie.
0: Well, I'm going to just say that because we're called to drink with a friend, the way the merch is set up, it kind of has a message that doesn't make it look like a logo. It says a jo- yeah, enjoy true. a drink with a friend, which to me feels like you're saying both enjoy the podcast and actually go out there, get offline. Go get a drink with a friend, and don't always be listening to podcasts. Talk in yeah, person, you know. Agreed. So,
1: I, anyway, for a, while, for a while I had this idea about a podcast called "Call Your Mother," and it would sort of be in that mm-hmm. same in the same vein. Yeah, it'll never happen, but it was a thought.
0: <laughs> it's a good thought. I like it. Okay. Well, because this is two days, or because this is the day after Thanksgiving, that also means it's two days before the start of Advent. This year it starts on November 28th, 2021, because it always starts the four Sundays before Christmas Day. And that can be confusing for some of us, especially in the US, because it's not always that it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. But it has been the past few years. And so it means it sneaks up on us when we're not ready. Like we're so focused on Thanksgiving, then Sunday rolls around or Saturday night, and we're like, oh, shoot, tomorrow's Advent. Um, that has happened to me many a, a year. And even though it doesn't happen to me now because of uh, my work involved with it, um, it's a very understandable thing how easily it sneaks up. Um Talk to me a little bit about your, you and Amber's approach to Advent. I know um, we're kind of in the same boat of not having grown up with it, but um, are in a church environment now that recognizes Advent.
1: Yeah. So a couple of things. One, I, I sort of grew up with Advent. So I grew up in Catholic school and so I, I, I had Advent. Every year at school, although as a little Protestant kid, it was really difficult to understand like, now, wait, what's happening here? <laughs> right. Um, and it was kind of the same with with uh, Lent and Easter. I didn't fully appreciate it um, and probably pushed back against it a little bit because I was a good little Baptist boy. That's what good little Baptist boys do. No offense they to do. any good little Baptist boys listening <laughs> to this podcast. Uh, so it, it wasn't really into my later years that I kind of really got into the practice and celebration of it. Um and and probably, you know, it was before our Anglican years. Um, so probably for the last ten or so years, like we've we've, you know, we practiced it just our family, mm-hmm. practiced Advent just our family, um, and to some degree Lent. Um, but you know, I think I've made this confession this Lent. I'm a terrible Advent practitioner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's from a family perspective, now I love the season myself. I love the reflection. I spend a lot of time in the mornings by myself in Advent and Lent, mm-hmm. really doing um, the personal work and the personal reflection that you're supposed to do during Advent and yeah. Lent. Uh, but I will say from a family perspective, I'm really terrible at it, which is why last year your book was very, very, very helpful to us. I, was it Was it your book last year? Now I'm going to go on a side tra- trail. It that was what? your book. The yeah. Little Blue Book?
0: That is what I'm going to shamelessly link to in the show notes. Okay, so Kyle should cut all that out
1: because (laughs) I started messing myself.
0: Um, Yeah, no, it's all right.
1: Yeah. So your book, and we also had a – like a little advent calendar that we, it's refillable. We've used it the last probably two or three years, mm-hmm. um, that we really love too. So, so that was really helpful. We're really bad about the advent calendar though. So what we end up doing is, um, we'll accidentally skip through four days and then we'll make up for it all at once by reading like two days readings and then just eating all the candy. So, yeah. um, that's, that's a pretty terrible practitioner way. We are not like, there, there is this, uh, sort of quasi-famous Christian writer who I sort of think of her and her family in my mind as a sort of idealized version of Advent who gathers Mm. together and breaks out the family Bibles and reads together and prays and says all the right things about Jesus and the earth and the coming of Mm. the King and all of these things. Um, We are not that. We we, we have tried, but we are miserable failures.
0: (laughs) Well, so are we. Which might be a surprise to people since I wrote the book, but that's the reason I wrote the book, because I was so annoyed at us for constantly dropping the ball on Advent. So I like that you are owning up to that. And I like that we're talking about this because I have a feeling we're in the camp of most drink listeners. I think most people do not see themselves as like um model parents or model Christians when it comes to recognizing Advent. And the reason I think um, it's important to have this conversation is because we tend to be all-or-nothing people. Like, we think if we can't do it perfectly or if we can't do it right on time, then why bother at all? And so, you know, someone listening right now might be thinking, oh, shoot, it's in two days. I had no idea. And they might be tempted to think, well, we're not going to do anything because how on earth could I like get, quote, ready in two days? And I want to just say for the record right now that I think it's perfectly fine to start Advent whenever. So yes, it's historically um, recognized the four Sundays and the weeks in between leading up to Christmas, but there's not some kind of rule that says if you start on day 11, then it only You only halfway celebrated it or recognized it. Um, It's important, I think, to remember that the liturgical calendar as a whole, which includes Advent, is a gift. It's not a rule book. It's not a taskmaster. It's not a to do list. And so it's not like God's up there keeping score saying, Good job. You did Advent with your kids, you know, five days in a row. You are a super Christian. Um, It's a gift to us, it's for us. Um, And so, That means there are times when there are days when you can't do quote whatever do Advent means because it's just a crazy day, and I think that's important to remember because it's not really about that. It's just remembering what the season is.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I think for for us, we really do try to uh, sort of capture the season rightly. You know, we do a lot of things like this too. Like for instance, and this is kind of a quick aside but you know we we love christmas movies mm-hmm. uh we do not love christmas hallmark christmas movies so no. anyone who's like imagining us sitting around watching you know my two you know girlfriends the christmas holiday episode <laughs> yeah. uh we don't do that. that's ridiculous um uh, but so what we do watch, though, are the things like Elf and Christmas Vacation and It's a Wonderful Life um, and all you yep. know, all, the great, all the great sort of classic. All Christmas the greats. Movies. But you know yep. what we do is like we, we intentionally every year, like we chart it out like this day we're going to watch The Grinch. This day we're going to watch, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas. This day we're going to watch, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, and then invariably we miss, invariably. Um, and so we'll end up binging like a whole Saturday of like the three movies that week that we missed or whatever, so that we can stay on our schedule. And, uh, I find this is a very normal part of the human life, you know, yeah. things disrupt you get behind and then you sort of do this, um, sort of mad dash to catch up. And I think that's okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and totally I, think, okay.
1: I think for too long, I sort of lived under this. View that there were people out there who were adventing perfectly,
0: mhm just yeah.
1: nailing it, just nailing that advent, you know um and I'm sure there are some weeks and years that are better than others, um mm-hmm. but I just man i i I think I'm old enough now that I realize that there's no such thing as the perfect advent,
0: right. Right. We used to do exactly what you said, too. Um, I no longer even do a calendar, but we we did for many years. And the reason we would do that, you know, we'd flip it over and it'd be like, watch Elf, is because it felt like we were just taking advantage of the things we were doing anyway. So it's not like adding more. It's just either spacing it out or making it more special, you know, like, okay, so we'll watch Elf, but hey, let's pop popcorn. And so now it's a thing. And we're the same way with movies. And I don't know, I'm also a big fan of recognizing Advent because it means we get to recognize that Christmas is 12 days. And so even these things that we want to do leading up to December 25th, if we don't get to it, that just means we do it, you know, December 29th, we will watch a Christmas movie or, you know, like I have a group of friends that we do a, a cookie swap and they're all Anglican. And I'm Catholic, so we will um, do it sometime during the 12 days because it's just too hectic before then. And so to me, that's one of the great permission slips of Advent is that we get to not so much postpone Christmas, but we get to spread it out. Um, You know, we get to say there's no reason to like just go hardcore on all the Christmas stuff beforehand. And then you're so sick of Christmas that by December 26, you want to throw your tree off a cliff. Yeah, right. Um, So that's what I love about Advent as well.
1: But here's the important question about the cookie exchange. Do they give you Anglican cookies and do you give them Catholic cookies?
0: I don't know. This is my first year as a Catholic. So if any Catholic tells me, you know, can tell me what are Catholic cookies, I will make that recipe. I I think you should
1: make make a cookie in the shape of purgatory and give it to them.
0: (laughs) Because um, my three Anglican friends, I love them dearly, but they do think we're a little kooky now that we're Catholic. So why not just, you know, press into that? And, yeah, and, and let them and let them
1: give you, you know, the cookies
0: of the Cathedral at Canterbury. That's right. Via Media cookies, whatever that looks like. Whatever no. it is.
1: What, <laughs> the, middle, the middle way. I don't, I don't even know what that would be.
0: <laughs> I don't either. Uh, the
1: number five. I think it's a cookie of the number five.
0: <laughs> this is such niche jokes. It's weird. Yeah, um, right. Okay, so <laughs> back to my book without sounding really shameless. So let me give a better segue to that. Good, Kyle, cut that out. <laughs> Thanks.
1: So here's the thing: a niche jokes aside. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me, Tish, if somebody here is listening, and and they would say, you know, hey, look, I don't even know where to start. I've yeah. never really done Advent before, or I've done Advent, but I've done it much like Seth and his family, which is very poorly. Um, what is a way that our listener can sort of say, okay, I want to, I want to experiment that with this, this year, I want to enter into Advent, maybe in a not so difficult way. What is one way they could do it? And yes, this is a little bit of a pitch setup, but the truth is mm-hmm. I used your book last year. It was really good. So tell us well, like, what's a way we can enter into Advent.
0: Yeah. You know, the reason I wrote Shadow and Light was because I could not find the book I wanted for my family. I wanted a book that was not so complicated that I felt behind by day three because it was either really long or really um, like built on itself, meaning like it was a story that, you know, if we skipped a day, we suddenly had like five days worth of reading to do. And I didn't want something that was so lighthearted that it's meant for younger kids or um, children at all, so that it's like very crafty or very cartoony. I wanted something that was realistic, but rich theologically. And so I wrote this book initially several years ago, I want to say five years ago now, just for my family. Like I just Wrote it and I had no intention of turning it into a published book, but uh, long story short, it did. And so, what this is, is a daily, you know, starting the four weeks before Christmas, it is a short reading, a uh, reading of the Psalms, like one of the Psalms, a question that you can ask either as a group, you know, as a family or with your roommates or just on your own if you're doing this by yourself. And then it is a song and a work of art. So you can play the song and you can look at the work of art and then you light a candle. So that sounds like a lot. I just named six things and that sounds like, you know, okay, so six things to do every night. That sounds bonkers. Um, If that feels overwhelming, do two is what I usually tell people. Like read the psalm and listen to the song or read my two paragraphs before the psalm and light the candle. You don't need to do it all. If you want to do it all, I still made it really short. Like right now, for example, I'm looking at, I just opened it up to Thursday week two. uh, And it is two pages long and with a lot of white space. So it's not complicated. Um, I picked songs that were as timeless as possible, um, yet good. (laughs) Uh, I'm very, very picky about holiday music. And I wanted music that, Perhaps would not go out of style, but it is also not too, it sounds weird, but not too Christmassy, meaning we will get to the Hark the Herald Angel sing at Christmas. But there's a lot of good Advent music out there that goes skipped because people don't recognize it really as Advent. And so it's music for the Advent season. So that, you know, if you are sick of hearing White Christmas at all the stores, consider this playlist a bit of a treat for your ears. And then artwork, every day of the week, I mean, every day of Advent, that is uh, from around the world. So I've got, yes, your classic, you know, Rublev icon from Russia in the 14th century, but I've also got something from two years ago from India, or, um, you know, one of my best friends that I've known since kindergarten is an artist, and I've got some of her work in it, and... Uh you do with it what you want. You know so I've got it all linked on the book's companion website and you are welcome to just open it up, play the music cuz it's right there it as a Spotify playlist. Click on the link of the art, look at it, light the candle and then just talk as a family, you know, enjoy being together and um Advent means anticipation or arrival, some form of that. And so all we're doing is recognizing the arrival of Christ slowly. It's just a permission to take five minutes and remember what we're doing all this hullabaloo for, that it's not for impressing our neighbors with our, you know, Christmas spectacular wonderland in the front yard or for, um, you know, buying all the gifts so that family members are happy. It's for a very particular reason, which is my way of saying um, those terrible phrases like keep Christ in Christmas or Jesus is the reason for the season. And I don't mean it to be tropey, but I mean, that's kind of what Advent is. So there's my little pitch for why we should recognize Advent as simply as possible.
1: I think that's a good pitch. And I will tell you, too, as someone who used your book last year, it is not overwhelming. It is. I mean, I think it took us maybe like 10 minutes to Mm -hmm. go through everything, all facets of it. um, And then talk it out. You know, we would sit around the table normally over dinner and talk it out. So obviously that lasts as long as dinner lasts. But um, yeah, I think it's a great tool. It was a great idea. It was a great package, great delivery. Um, And I think everybody should do it.
0: Yeah, I I do too. And I will say right now as a parent that when you do it with your kids, don't feel like um, you're doing something wrong if the kids either roll their eyes or aren't in the mood for it or totally don't focus on the right things. Like my kids love the roll. Like we make beeswax candles beforehand. That's just something we've done since they were little they still fight over who does what color. Like I want the pink one. I want the purple. I mean, it's, and they are older. And then when we do Advent um, and we get to the question, it's often crickets. They're like, I don't know what, how I noticed God today. Um, Jesus, you know, and that's okay. So I'm telling you this now, honestly, that it's not because, you know, I didn't write this because my family's holier and now we are a hot mess a lot of the times just like you.
1: Well, that's uh, that's a very true statement that you've made there. Hot mess. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: well, I think everyone who's listening, if you're listening along, don't feel bad if your family's a hot mess during Advent. Don't feel bad if your history with Advent is you got to play catch up every two or three days because you get behind. Don't feel bad if you've never participated in Advent. Yep. Instead, give it a shot this year. And I think that maybe use uh, Tish's book. I think that would be a good way. And I get no... Proceeds from saying that you should get <laughs> Tish's book. I have no uh, dog in this hunt, so to speak, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, to me it just makes sense.
0: Thanks, I appreciate that. You sense. probably do in sense. some way in terms do of a I? podcast co-host. Well, I mean,
1: maybe that's true.
0: Maybe it keeps my lights on, which means I can still show up every week. But you're right; you don't really have a dog in the hunt. So, other than just supporting a friend, which I'm grateful.
1: For. Yeah, and it's a friend that I have drinks with.
0: There you go. Well. With, I don't know if you've got something holiday centric in mind or not um, for your thing. I'm just going to ask though, do you have anything that you're reading, watching or listening to that's adding more beauty to your life, holiday focused or not? What's going on with you?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it is the season of Advent, which means the season of waiting, which I think a lot of people interpret as a season of sorrow. Um, oh. But So I am reading a book that is called Sorrowland. Um, by River Solomon, and it is not an Advent book. Um, it's just a really good book so far. I think I'm, mm-hmm. it's a novel. I finally was out of trial long enough to pick up a book. Um, and this is the book I picked up because I was not ready to start. Uh, you know the 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 amazing Cloud Cuckoo Land yet. I was not ready to start that. I read one page and was like, okay, I have to, I have to not do mm-hmm. this yet. Me too. So I'm reading this other book that I've been wanting to read Sorrowland so far. It's pretty good. It's uh, got some dystopian elements to it, some culty elements to it. It feels a little bit like it may have some racial overtones um, in it. Uh, it feels like an important book so far and I'm really excited about it and I'm liking it. I wouldn't Very say cool. I'm loving it, okay, but I would say I'm liking it. And I think it's going to be an important read. It's kind of like the book. I don't know if you read this uh, years ago. Uh Sunil Yapa had a book called The Heart is a Muscle the Size of, the fi- of a Fist. I,
0: I know exactly what you're talking about. You told me to read it and I never did. So. Oh,
1: it's such a good book. And I mm-hmm. wouldn't say that it was a book that I loved or enjoyed reading, but it was a very, very important book. Um, sure. And so I think I about you it a lot. And I, and I probably will read it again before too much longer. Um, so yeah, it's one of those books. And I think this is starting to shape up to feel like that.
0: All right. Very
1: cool. That's me. So Tish, what are you reading, Mm -hmm. watching, or listening to that is bringing a little more truth, beauty, or goodness to your
0: life? Well, um, I am reading right now Pride and Prejudice, which I have read many times before. Mm. My newsletter subscribers know of this because we're going to do a Zoom live chat before too long about Pride and Prejudice, but my friend in town turned me on to the Audible version Mm. because she said she listens to it all the time to maybe, or she listens to it so often she listens to it to go to sleep because it just Mm. feels like an old friend. So I thought I would check it out. And sure enough, she is right. So I am listening to Pride and Prejudice on Audible. It is read by Rosamund Pike, who plays Jane in the 2005 uh, version of the movie and she's got a great voice. She does the other voices really well. And so it's just been like listening to an old friend and it is comforting. It's there's something to be said about listening to a book, you know, really well as you just go about your day. I, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just get like maxed out on new information. Like I cannot listen to another podcast. I cannot watch another YouTube video. Um, I just need something good um, to accompany me as I fold the laundry or as I make dinner, and sure. that's what this is. So it's lovely. I recommend it.
1: Well, I have never in my life uh, read Pride and Prejudice. Um, and so maybe I'll
0: maybe I'll download
1: the Audible and listen to it. I make yeah. no promises.
0: I get it. No, I get it. It's okay. My take on classics is not to shame anybody. It's to say, ooh, you've got a treat ahead of you. So if you ever choose to read Pride and Prejudice, you're gonna like it because it's fantastic. Do
1: you know you? There's a there's an author and I think we've talked about this before named Dan Taylor I think I, I think I mentioned this maybe not too long ago but he said to me I asked him he's an old guy he's a professor of literature and I asked him if he'd ever read a book and I don't remember the book right now yeah he told me
0: this yeah it was a
1: classic and he said he hadn't he it might have been Brideshead, Head in fact and he said he hadn't read it. And he said it just like immediately. And he said, I have no shame in the books I haven't read at this age. Um, it's the life's too short and there are too many great works of literature to shame people for what they have and haven't read. And
0: That's I right. just thought
1: that was a beautiful comment from an elder statesman who knows his literature.
0: You know, I obviously don't know what I'm talking about, but I would not be surprised. I would be very delighted if there is a giant library in heaven where we just get to read everything we missed on earth forever and ever. So that we do actually have time to read everything one day.
1: You'd have a whole eternity to do
0: it. Yeah. Got plenty of time. And maybe we'll even be writing more books because that sounds lovely. Anyway. I like it. All right. All right, well, it's time to wrap this up. You can find this episode as well as all episodes at adrinkwithafriend.com. If you like the show, as always, you can help keep it going by picking up the next round of drinks. You can do that at adrinkwithafriend.com or the links in the show notes. And thank you so much for all of you who do that. It means a lot. You can find me and how to connect with me, especially via my newsletter at tishoxenrider.com. Seth, where can people find you?
1: They can find me at SethHaines.com.
0: Music for this show is by Kevin McLeod, editing is by Kyle Oxenwriter, and I'm Tish Oxenwriter with Seth Haynes, and we will be back here with you soon. Thanks for listening.